everyone, Tyler Tambolin here, aka Totag and Tambo, back for the week five edition of the Prize Picks, Picks and Bet Show here on the Mayo Media Network. If you haven't done so yet, hit that big red button, bottom right corner, hit subscribe, get notifications for all these free shows, and then of course the show myself and Pat record on Friday. It's going to be a great show as well. If you don't know where to find me, you can follow me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Hit me up there if you have any questions. Let's get right into it though. Want to remind you up front, if you don't have Prize Picks yet, Go to prizepicks.com, use promo code MMN, get yourself 100% up to $100 bonus on your first deposit. Use that to then apply towards these picks and more. Give a bunch of ideas out throughout the show. We're going to go through, break down the slate as always. If you're just joining us for the first time, it's a Thursday night football show with a little bit of talk on the main slate later on, but going to get into prize picks, going to talk all things Thursday night football, Colts at Broncos. Totals changing as we speak. It's down to 42 now. Just got the news. Jonathan Taylor is going to be out. So we're going to talk through all that as well. Broncos at home favored by three and a half is where we currently stand. That moved a little as well with this JT news, but let's dive right into it. No, no further ado. We'll get into these prize picks. Talked about the spread, talked about the total. I actually really like the under here, just a side note. So even at, uh, you know, 42 that it's down to now, I got it at 43 before getting on and recording this. So it's dropping, but I, I don't see where we get a lot of points from here. We'll talk more about that later. As far as injuries go, the Jonathan Taylor one, it was the big one that we were waiting on. Shaq Leonard also out. I know he had some issues before. Then last week, I believe broke his nose. So keep in mind that for the other side, we're going to talk Melvin Gordon, and that's a perfect segue, right? We've got the run game here with the Broncos at home. Javante Williams, obviously another injury, but it's before recording the show, out for the season with the ACL. So with that in mind, we're down to Melvin Gordon there. Boone, who they worked in a little bit last week, and then they did sign Latavius Murray coming hot off a London game where he was playing there overseas. So not sure how much work he'll get, but let's get into these prize picks. I've got two, starting off with the first one being Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, over 51 and a half rush yards. I just talked about the signing of Latavius Murray. I talked about them working in Boone, but with Javante Williams out, we were, even with Javante Williams in, we were still seeing a lot of Gordon. And I think here with him knowing the playbook best, knowing what they want to do, Indy being without Jonathan Taylor and them likely getting up at home with the defense that they've got in Denver, all of those factors, I expect him to play a bigger role, at least in week one. Well, we see what happens in the future. I don't know. But for this week, I still like it. Over 51 and a half rush yards for Melvin Gordon. That's one you're going to want to grab. The second one I like is an odd one. I have a bonus just in case you guys don't like this one, but I do like this one quite a bit still. It seems odd to me, but Matt Ryan over one and a half rush yards. We just talked about it. I don't think the Jonathan Taylor thing affects it so much. He's not a guy that rushes, but when it's just one and a half, here's the stat. Last 13 NFL games for Matt Ryan, in 10 of them, he's gone over the two rush yards, multiple double-digit games, and here, when you got that Denver D flying in at you all the time, I think there's a chance that we see him have to scramble a little bit more and pick up at least one and a half in the game. I see Denver winning it, so I don't see anything late where he's kneeling or anything like that that's going to affect it, so I definitely think it's a good spot for the over one and a half rush yards for Matt Ryan, but the bonus, I've got an extra one for you guys this week, Kylan Granson. Over 14 and a half. Mo Ali Cox is there as well. The other tight end, he's over 17. His number 17 and a half. You want the over there. I like Granson though. If you look back, uh, 62 yards last week, and he only had seven the week before that, but before that was 14 and 22. He's been getting the targets still. He's getting about 50% of the snap share. So he's still getting targets every week when he's out there, enough to make up 14 and a half yards. 
I've got it a little bit higher, pushing closer to 20. So I do like that one quite a bit as well. If you guys want another tool that you can use to find some more prize picks, check out runthesims.com. Use promo code Mayo. Check that out. You can go on there. They actually have a prize picks tool and simulator that you can go on and find out what gives you better odds based on the game setup. I use it a ton. I think it's great. Go check that out. Get that as well. You can get more prize pick action that way. But we're going to move on. Let's go to DraftKings. Same thing we do every week here. Just want to check it out from a first look. Go through and break it down here with the news that we just got. It's not a first look, sorry. The later will be a first look on the main slate. This, we're going to break it down in full. But first look since getting the Jonathan Taylor news, what I meant to say. So Jonathan Taylor, obviously out. He was the highest priced captain at 16500 That moves Pittman to the highest priced captain now at 15900 And if you look right now, sort of some of the ownership that I'm seeing just early on, um, Cortland Sutton, Russell Wilson, Michael Pittman, Jerry Judy, and Melvin Gordon. So that's sort of the top five that we're looking at when it comes to early ownership. Again, Wednesday evening now, we're going to get this going into tomorrow. We'll have more updates. You can watch more shows out there on the Mayo Media Network. There's more shows here. And then myself over at Rumpier Sports, of course, doing more shows there as well. On my Twitter, at Totag and Tambo, you'll see me post out the link. Going through it here now, just looking at it though, couple news and notes with that injury. One is this. It looks like, or at least sounds like, Frank Reich said that they're going to be able to, uh, or likely going to pull up, which would then be, by the way, a revenge game, but they're going to likely pull up Philip Lindsay from the practice squad going against his old team, the Denver Broncos. He's just $600 in the captain, 400 in the flex, of course, pay that extra 1.5x up top. I don't think I would use him there, but it is interesting in flex. I think he'll become a very popular option. The other guy on their side, Dion Jackson, I'm just trying to find his price here. I think he was priced up a little bit, 1600 So they didn't do as good of a job on this side. Uh, mainly a special teamer, but we haven't seen this spot yet for a guy like Dion Jackson. So uh, I know some guys out there that do like him that you can see going to him and sprinkle in at just 1600 That's going to be sort of your decision. On the other side of the game with Javante Williams news, they already priced up Mike Boone. So they did a great job there. If you look, Melvin Gordon is 8,800. The Q tag on him right now says, you know, looking at it, um, he's going to carry the load. Obviously, it's just something that you're seeing early on. But like I said, Mike Boone, 6,200, priced up just a little bit, that more than what you would expect in this spot. And then you go down from there. Like I said, if you go to uh, Latavius Murray, who they just brought on, they also got him into the pool at a higher price point, 5,200. So you're going to have to take more chances there if you want to go with those guys in the larger field. I'm going to focus mostly on Gordon and Mike Boone. I think Boone, they brought in, you know, they they had him brought in last game for a reason. I know earlier this season, there was some talk that they were wanting to get him in there, but it was never really going to happen for the most part at the expense of Javante Williams, who looked like he was going to sort of get, start getting a full load or getting more of a load last week before the injury. Gordon with those four fumbles now, all those factors, but it just didn't work out. It's unfortunate situation for Javante Williams. Very talented. He'll be back, of course. But just going down the board, like I said, with Mike Boone priced up, that makes it a little bit more interesting. I don't think he'll get very much ownership in the captain at all. I don't think, you know, that to me is for good reason because of the Gordon situation. But if for whatever reason you're building your showdown lineups on DraftKings and think that he might be the guy instead of Melvin Gordon, that's the difference here where he actually is priced up enough that you end up on similar roster constructions. Like Melvin Gordon is 13-2 in the captain leaves you just under 7,500 for the five remaining spots in flex. When you put in Mike Boone, 
it only gets you up to just over 8,000. So it's only $500 more ish more per player that it still puts you in sort of that similar construction to others, but with a completely different setup. I definitely project Gordon for more. I liked him earlier on my prize pick for a reason. I do like him better. And I think if you look at him in the captain, we'll see how things shake out. But at least as of right now, he looks like he'll be under 10% at captain because of Sutton, Wilson, Pittman, Judy, Again, he could creep up to just around 10, but I still think those others would be owned more. So something to monitor and keep an eye on. You can always get different somewhere else and just go to the receivers. But looking at it from other captains that I'm eyeing up here, we'll see. Sutton looks to be a little bit more popular. So I think Judy with the savings would be a way to get different there for sure. I think Pittman, he looked good going into today. But when we have the Jonathan Taylor situation now, people just want to spend up or they'll have the money. That's a good point, actually. They'll have the money based on Philip Lindsay likely getting elevated. A lot of if-then scenarios on this slate, of course. But assuming Lindsay gets elevated, like they said he probably would, you'll see that be pl- you'll see him be plugged into more lineups, and that will mean the more expensive captains. So when you look at it from that perspective, Pittman, Wilson, Sutton. They should all get a little bit more ownership up here. And then Gordon, like I talked about, you may actually see Judy come in a little less. Hines, I'm not sure what people will do with. We didn't talk about him yet. I saved him specifically because a lot of the conversation around Hines is that they like keeping him in his same role, which is usually they're down in the game. I could still see that happening here. I mentioned that already, but it's, it's again, how much can he handle of the workload? We don't see it very often. I don't know how many times exactly going back. I'll wait and see the stats tonight. Someone on Twitter will have them. I know uh, Mike Clay put out today a stat that only of the 72 career games for Naheem Hines, only four of them, he got more than 10 carries. But as the responses went, likely as what you would expect, how many times has of those 72 games, not very many probably, has he been the quote unquote lead back? We'll see if that's even the case, but you'd have to expect that up front. Again, highest price on DraftKings does not always mean the workload that they're going to receive. So keep that in mind. But you would expect Naeem Hines to get a chance at it. Again, what he does with it, we'll wait and see. At 10-2 right now, I'm just looking at something else here just to see right quick. Um, Don't really love him in the captain spot. And like I said, especially because you have Jackson and likely uh, Philip Lindsay behind him that you won't probably want him up in the captain. Again, the thing about it is, is it would be from a roster construction standpoint, a way to get different. And again, like I said, I expect Denver to win. So that part makes sense as well. If you want to go there, I don't mind him, Judy and Boone in that second tier range, right up top. We've got Pittman, Wilson, Sutton, Don't love Matt Ryan myself. It'd be the other three that I'd be considering. And then going down, Jerry, Judy, Hines, and Boone sort of fall in that middle range. After that, it becomes sort of a a situation if you want to play the kickers and the defense. Right now, I actually have them project decent enough. And the reason this is, I know not everybody likes this take or this theory. We've won plenty of money with it already this season through these four weeks. But, uh, you know, when you play one of the kickers in cap, so let's use McManus because they're at home. You expect them to win. Earlier, remember I was talking about 7,500 average per player, 8,000 average per player. Now we're almost at 9,000. We're at 8,800 average per player. And if you think this game is going to be low scoring, I'm only going to give out three more so we don't really round this thing out. But Pittman would be a pure volume play. Wilson, a little bit on the ground rushing, but mostly targeting a a certain receiver, right? If you think it's Judy at 7,800, there, I'll leave it at that. You've got McManus in captain, Pittman, Wilson, Judy, you've got three Denver Broncos. If you expect them to win, I like that angle of it. You've got Pittman. You still got two spots to choose what you want to do with it. 
and you still have over 76, you have 7,600 even, but that's over the 7,500 I talked about earlier. And if you think it's just going to be pure PPR volume and plays that you see like that, that's where you could get into it where McManus can kick for, I don't know, 15 points. What's he at right now the season? 11, 12, and then only two games with five apiece. So something to keep in mind, but just in general, if you want to switch it up, let's say, okay, you don't like his numbers. You don't see that being a thing tomorrow. The Broncos D still leaves you with just under 7,500 and the Broncos D another spot again a 16 game a seven game a five game they can they can get the points in a low scoring game but it's not really what they do for you as much as what they get you in the flex again going backwards now if I go back to let's do Russell Wilson you got in two pass catchers so we'll go Judy and Sutton who I would expect well we haven't even got through it yet and you're already down to an average of 5,700 so the other thing about this is, I know you can say, okay, well, let's throw in Lindsay there at 400 bucks. Now you're right back up into the same zone, but a lot of people are starting with this starting point. So even though you've got over 8,400 with four guys in the same situation I was in in the other spot, you don't really know what Lindsay's role going to be. Again, we're only assuming he gets elevated, but if, assuming he does, you still don't know exactly what it's going to be, but it doesn't take a lot to pay off at 400. But also think about back in the days of Russell Wilson in Seattle with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. There wasn't very many games where they both went off together. So then you have to think about that in your construction. So maybe you drop out Sutton, you go with Pittman for the volume. If you get Matt Ryan in there, you're in sort of a dead range. So you'll have to play around with it a little bit more. I talked about the captains I like. So to recap, as it stands now, probably only end up playing six or seven of these and spread it out some, but Pittman, Wilson, Sutton, I'll decide on. I definitely don't like Matt Ryan. Uh, Judy would be the third. Sutton, I say I'll decide on because I just think he's getting too popular. And now with um, with Jonathan Taylor out, I can see him getting even more ownership up there. A lot of great stats towards why he would make sense in the captain. I'll see ownership tomorrow and have my final thoughts. But as of now, Pittman, Wilson, Gordon, Judy, Boone as like a flyer. And then, like I said, the kicker in D would be McManus and the Broncos D. So that's sort of where I'm sitting at for my pool as of right now. If you guys don't know, I'll, I'll hit it now. RumPureSports.com. I do all my work over there. You guys can check it out. I do what's called a slate attack plan where I, because I split up my entries. I'll play 150 in the main MME tournament, the $20 or 15, whatever it is tomorrow. But sometimes I'll build a hundred lineups for the game flow I'm expecting and then 50 for a different game flow or something along those lines where I can cover at least a couple angles where I still have a lot more lineups than the average person throwing 10 to 20 lineups in, but I'm covering those game scripts in my attack plan on Run Pure Sports. And I put my final exposures on my captains with the not exact exposure numbers, but who I'm playing, who I'm playing in the flex. And then I write up a whole blurb on sort of how I see it breaking out, what I'm doing with them with my core plays at the top. So if you guys want that, head on over to runpuresports.com. Do that now. Check it out. Uh, going into the flex, not much else I see. Like I'll, I'll of course go back through it now, but Matt Ryan, I'll, he'll, I'll have him in the flex. I just don't like him in the captain because it's going to be him, Pittman, and then who else? One of the tight ends or something like that. I, I just don't see the setup as well. So we'll see what it looks like tomorrow, but can't see that. But I'll definitely be using him and Sutton in the flex. All the other guys in captain that I already talked about, of course. And the ones I didn't mention earlier, but like Mo Ali Cox and Granson, Kylan Granson, who I talked about earlier for the prize pick bonus. Those two, I will separate to play at most one of them, but I will definitely sprinkle those guys in. Uh, you could sprinkle in some of the other guys like Doolin or Pierce. Again, at most one. 
For me, the couple of flyers down at the bottom that I can think about, I talked about Deion Jackson already. I like him, Lindsay, who people will be on. The other two though, uh, Kendall Hinton, he's only a thousand. If you go back and look, he got three targets last game, 5.9 DraftKings points. He's only a thousand bucks in the flex. And then I'll also sprinkle these tight ends. Sobert has been a guy that's been out there every game, uh, at least a target every game, two targets last game, three and a half DraftKings points. In week two, he of course got the one reception for the touchdown for 9.2. But going back to it, Albert O. This is a guy nobody is going to want to click tomorrow. You know, you got to sort of take your lumps in different places. You got to try these guys out in showdown. And obviously some of them will end up being zeros. The, there's a lot of O's, you know, Albert O could be Albert zero tomorrow. Maybe that's what it is, but I'm definitely going to try him out at 2,800. So keep that in mind. Those tight ends I'll be sprinkling, but I'll also be setting up rules to separate them. So any more questions, like I said, you guys can always hit me up on Twitter at ToeTag and Tambo. Do me a favor though, hit the like button for this video. It helps get the exposure and the algorithm to get it to grow a little bit more. Hit the subscribe if you haven't already for all the other shows we're going to do. And then of course, go in the comments, leave me a comment who your favorite captain of is of the week. I'm going to start a contest up starting this week. Pat doesn't even know about this, but I'm been on a good run. So I'm going to start up a contest for all those that leave a comment and hit the like button. Follow me on Twitter. Do that stuff. Put in the comments your favorite captain and I'll start a contest for a free, uh, either a buy-in or a giveaway, maybe cold hard cash. I'm going to start it up next week, but it'll start with the comments from this week. I'm going to make an announcement on Twitter as well. So check that out. All right, so that's going to do it for the Thursday Night Football portion. Let's move on. Let's do our little bit of a preview for the main slate. Again, if you're just joining us for the first time, we appreciate you. But if you don't know, myself and Pat Mayo do a show on this channel. Every Friday it comes out. We record it live in his studio going through when we have more information. We'll have way more information on the injuries, the ownership. We'll be talking roster construction, exposures, stacks, bringbacks, running back plays, what the chalk is and what we're doing with it. All of those factors when we have a little bit more of an update than we do currently on Wednesday evening. But I always do a brief overview on this show and I think people have liked it. They've reached out and said this part really helps them just get their first thoughts for the week. So just going through it position by position and talking through some of the basics. Quarterback, one thing we'll notice right away. So Josh Allen, I don't know how popular it'll be because people don't usually like playing a quarterback in a 14 point spread, which is what they are over Kenny Pickett starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers, getting his first official start. Trubisky's going to hit the bench. We saw Pickett last week, 13 for 13. Problem is three of those complete, three of those 13 completions were to the other team for INTs, including his first throw ever in the NFL. But blame Chase Claypool for that. It was a bit of an error on his part, but we can give that one to him. But either way, I don't know how many will go to Josh Allen, but I definitely still will. Even if he is popular and gets to 10, 12%, it always gets spread out as far as ownership goes at the quarterback position. You can still stack him easily. They can still blow him out and he can be a part of it. He can put up 30, 35 points on his own. That's what causes the blowout. He runs one in. There's just so many other things. But I think the more interesting part is what happens with this Philly-Arizona game. They just happen to be the next two highest priced quarterbacks in Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray. I personally, as at least as of right now, like the Jalen Hurts side a little bit more. I want to go back to A.J. Brown with him. Uh, we'll get to wide receiver, but I'm not sure if you know for last week, A.J. Brown had just had a kid. He had his celebration planned with the old Lion King up in the sky holding the child up, but uh, they called the touchdown back. So Dallas Goddard, a hold. It was a late call. He got through his whole celebration before the flag and the whistle and everything came back. So maybe they go back to him this week and get it done again, but I definitely still like Hurts. You can stack him up with just A.J. Brown because Hurts does so much on the ground. Maybe we don't see as much 
Sanders this week as we did last week. Gainwell got in last week. They had no Scott. So we'll see what happens for this week. But that's at least a little bit interesting to me just to start things off at quarterback. The game there definitely does have the highest total. So that's the other piece to look at. Other guys just going through it. I know Mayo already previewed this, but uh, and maybe as not as many want to go there. But skipping over Herbert to go into the next spot at 6,400 is Matthew Stafford. This spot here against Dallas, we could see a little bit of a back and forth. We know what Cup has been up to. Again, Cup, the only thing about him, 9,600, right? He's going to be expensive. He always There's going to be money to, to be able to get to him. So that's something you have to keep in mind when you're building there. We will talk more about it on Friday because I know he's at least a little bit interested in based on the fact that Cup, Higby, that's pretty much their offense. Run it back with a guy like C.D. Lamb, maybe Gallup, right? Gallup's been back, got back in the mix last week. Or Noah Brown, who Cooper Rush has continued to go to, and he's starting again this week, so we'll see. But just something to keep in mind there at the quarterback position. Other than that, I wonder, we'll see. Again, we'll talk about this on Friday, but Tom Brady is a popular piece, a popular conversation piece right now because he's playing Atlanta, the, him in the news, potential maybe divorce with him and Giselle, all this stuff that's all speculation and rumors. But that being brought up has at least what I've seen up front on Wednesday night has bumped his ownership up some. So keep that in mind. We'll have to monitor that. Again, you can always get different and unique, but for me, Julio back, Godwin back, Evans, they've got other guys there. So, uh, you know, for me, it's always a little bit tougher to stack that up. I'll wait and see on that one. Uh, Herbert, who I mentioned could be okay. Uh, looking at it here, who else? Just going the other guy, Kirk Cousins, another one in that same spot. So he's almost $2,000 cheaper, $1,900 less than Josh Allen. Similar spot where the general public has it as Minnesota blows them out. They're playing Chicago. It's in Minnesota, uh, but that's what I like. They're in Minnesota. It's not going to be outside in the weather in Chicago. They still has Justin Jefferson. It's it's kind of the cheaper version, right? Justin Jefferson, 8,900 versus Cooper Cup, 96. You look look at um, that same spot there, Stafford, 6,400. Cousins, 100 bucks cheaper. So you save 700 bucks on the combination of a Stafford Cup versus a Cousins-Jefferson. And that's just something I'll keep an eye on as well. The cheap guys, not so much I love, at least as of this moment. I'll have more on that Friday show. Uh, as far as chasing certain guys in this spot, like going back down to, you know, whether it's going to be Andy Dalton against Geno Smith or the, you know, Zappy going against Detroit because of how bad they look. I don't think I'll get there. I'll, I'll wait and see on that stuff. But let's move on. Let's go to running back. Talk through this just a little bit. CMC at the top, of course, back into the mix last week with 25.8 DraftKings points. It's definitely what you would expect to see from him. Wait and see what the ownership looks like there. But I do have interest in Henry, regardless of ownership. I'll take a shot because usually, even if you get higher ownership at running back, that is the better chalk to take on and take the risk with. With Derrick Henry, 8,200 bucks, fair price. I like the Tennessee defense, pairing them up with them, going against Wentz has been sort of a free-for-all all season long. It's been great. You look at these last two games, though, and the biggest thing that stands out to me is all of a sudden Derrick Henry is getting targets. So five targets last game, he caught three of them for 33 yards. Six targets the game before that, caught five for 58. And he's getting his usual 20-plus on the ground. So his attempts so far this season, 21, 13. And then last two weeks with those targets we talked about, 20 and 22 on the ground. So I think you can go right back to him here. Maybe others catch on to that, but that's okay. That's fine. I think it's just we're getting to him a little bit earlier. It's not quite winter tire season where you usually see Henry pick things up over the winter. But at this price at 8,200, he looks pretty appetizing. And I think from that perspective, the other thing to keep in mind is Traylon Burks just went down. So, of course, they have other backup wide receivers to come and pull up from there. But 
Henry might just continue to get those targets. He was getting them with Burks there already. So I think that's a little bit interesting at 8,200. Uh, Eckler against Cleveland, same with Chubb. They're at the same game, similar price points. I'm not sure if I'll get to them with Eckler. It feels a little bit chasey after last week's game. We'll see the news on Allen, Keenan Allen that is. Nick Chubb, always a good prospect. But again, what's the game flow that we're going to see here? We usually want him ground and pound early and often. We might see early, but if they get down in this game, I'm not sure how often we'll see. So that's something to keep in mind there. Uh, going down the board, you can play Dalvin Cook in that same spot. So if you don't like the Cousins-Jefferson stack and you think it's going to be the blowout here and the work is going to get done on the ground, you could go to Dalvin Cook. We might finally get a spot here. So I mentioned Tom Brady there earlier, and I'm only going to focus on sort of the guys at the top and then pick out a few more, but If Tom Brady does pick up steam and we see these receivers like Mike Evans and all those guys continue to pick up, Fournette would be a really good spot to leverage that stack on this slate. Because again, going on the ground against Atlanta, nothing has really changed. Last game, not ideal, but he still did get the seven targets and the touchdown. So he still scored the points, but we've been waiting all season sort of for the breakout spot. This would be one that I could see it. Another guy, again, we'll have to wait. He was inactive last week for the London game, but Alvin Kamara, Back at home against Seattle, running backs against Seattle has just been a smash spot at 6,600. That might be the lowest price, I don't know how long, for Alvin Kamara. I thought 7,000 was low before and then he missed last week. So 6,600 in this matchup seems like a pretty good spot. I think people will go back to Jamal Williams, of course. Sanders, those guys had big weeks last week. Sanders in that same game that we talked about off the top against Arizona where we've got Hurts going up against Kyler. And then just looking down the board, there's some other names there, right? James Conner in that same game. Damian Pierce has looked to really accept that role. I guess that's where I'll end here for running back. Houston at Jacksonville. Both these teams have got gouged up a little bit. Houston last week by the aforementioned Eckler. Now that becomes James Robinson or Etienne in that spot. So I think that's interesting from the Jacksonville side. And then you look at it from the other side, we've got Damian Pierce here going up against Jacksonville. So I think that's another spot that you could go back to. We just saw Hertz, Sanders, I believe twice, and Gainwell all get in on Jacksonville last week. So keep that in mind for this game. It looks like a really good spot for these running backs. Let's move on. Let's go to wide receiver. Quick look here. Talked about Cup and Jefferson at the top. Diggs, of course, being up there as well. The interesting situation to tie back one cheaper guy I didn't talk about earlier at quarterback. We'll use it here, though, to tie it back in. Is Tyreek Hill? is right there. And the price on Bridgewater this week, obviously no Tua, crazy, you know, scary situation going on there with that second, what looked like at least a second concussion. They're doing the investigation now. We don't need to go into all that, but hope he's okay. I mean, there can be a lot of effects that come from that, but it is going to be Bridgewater in there and talked a little bit of yesterday on the Run Pure Sports YouTube channel with my guys, Big T and JSU. And Big T brought up a good point that the way Miami set up their team here, they basically set it up so that you know, not looking for injury, but if there was an unfortunate situation like there is right now with Tua, that they have a guy like Bridgewater who may not be the same skill set, obviously, but, or or sorry, may not have the same skill, obviously, but have a similar skill set to Tua to be able to sort of be a game manager, check that ball down, find these guys in motion, Waddle, Tyreek, all those guys that he can bring in, Edmonds, all all the guys that he can utilize here. And if you look, Tyreek is at 8,000, but Waddle is at just 6,700. So I could definitely go back there off a game where he did not perform well. People probably want to go, won't want to go back to him. Tyreek is priced up off another 28.9 drafting points. So I think that Waddle is at least a little bit interesting down there. And then some other guys here, we just saw Debo perform. He's going up against Carolina now. 
Talked about A.J. Brown. I like him quite a bit. D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett is going to be a tough one to sort of figure out all season long just based on the fact that we've got that back and forth. We've got sort of uh, pick your guy, Geno sort of completing every pass, but who's going to have the breakout game? That's what you have to kind of guess and monitor last week uh, when it was Lockett with the higher ownership. Of course, you saw Metcalf have the better game and Metcalf I believe ended with yeah 24.9 DraftKings points obviously had the the had to get carted off to go use the washroom to make sure he could get back in there for all of his fantasy managers and see that happen another guy though that I want to talk about I just talked at running back about this Houston Jacksonville game Christian Kirk uh looking at him again had a dud last week but still got the nine targets I think we're in a much better spot here you're looking at him uh 60 yards last game 72 the game before that what was it, the 117 in week one and then 78 in week two. So pretty much every week, that's my free prize picks of the week, my extra bonus one for the main slate. If you look at Christian Kirk right now, this is a a one, if you've got something else teed up that you want to get after, uh, maybe it's going to be something else that we've talked about on this show, but I would definitely get after this one with Christian Kirk. Over 57 and a half has not had a game less than 60 yet. And last week in what most would call a stinker, ended up putting up 60 yards still on nine targets. So I think it's just one that you want to get after here over 57 and a half. And then there was one more guy here. This you could even pair with them. Actually, if you wanted, uh, I'll go to prize picks while we're here live and see Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Over 53 and a half. This is another one that I would hit now. while you can, if you look at this here on DraftKings this week, he's priced at 6,200 Dotson not practicing today. And there's reports that Samuel was ill at practice. So I'm not sure what that will be, if there's going to be any lingering effects or whatnot, but even just getting a little bit more acclimated here, getting McLaurin worked back in a little bit more on a day of practice like today might be a good thing. So at 6,200, I think he could actually be a guy that really separates you this week. You could have a big week with him here and I'll try him out. That's your two prize picks. So you can put those two together, him and Kirk, and get yourself an overgoing early before those numbers, which I expect them to rise. So check that out. Lastly, we'll go to tight end. I won't hit on defense. We'll save it. I talk about this all the time, but when Pat and I do the Friday show, we actually spend a good time on defense because most others don't, number one. And number two, we look for for the, the way to get an angle on it, like from just a perspective, not just play this D because it's a backup quarterback. What does that backup quarterback provide? How will that work? What does that look like? All of those factors. So spend some time with us on Friday. Check that out. You can even go through the timestamps if you just want the defense, but Here we've got tight end. George Kittle at the top is the most expensive. We don't have uh, Mark Andrews. He's in the Sunday night football game. We don't have Kelsey either because he is in the Monday night football game against the Raiders. I had to check my calendar there. But just going back, Kittle here at 5,200. The one interesting note on him is last game without Trent Williams for the 49ers, he was blocking a ton to what most people would say. But if you actually look at it and go back, I forget the exact stat, but it actually wasn't as much as you think. He also caught a 20-yard pass. He had a touchdown where he just didn't get the second toe down. So I actually will go to him this week here. I know not as many people will probably will. People like to pay down. But at just 5,200, George Kittle is one of those guys, when you can get him at lower ownership, he's worth taking the shot on. And the thing about Jimmy G, which is the guy's going to be passing it to him, is he doesn't spend any time in the pocket. He gets rid of the ball right away. It's either he finds his guy or he throws it away. Kittle has shown to be his guy in the past. 
He did, like I said, throw him a touchdown this week. It just didn't work out. He got him those 20 yards over the middle. We could see more of those 20-yard chops over the middle where he gets him the ball that way, and it can really start to rack up, and then maybe he gets the touchdown this week. At just 5,200, there's going to be ways you can fit him in his lineup. I think Ertz and Goddard are good plays, but I think they'll be more popular right below Kittle and Hawkinson here this week because Hawkinson just had the big game. People don't expect that to happen again, probably. He'll still get some love, though, in that game because it is New England versus Detroit. Detroit has been horrible. So while they're scoring the most points, they're giving up the most points, I think is the stat for Detroit. So keep that in mind. Ertz and Goddard both in that game. I know Ertz will get love because all the stats going around right now are just, they're true, but they're how good his workload has been. And you're going to see him get steam because of that. Nobody wants Kyle Pitts. So maybe he's an option. I think an interesting mini stack this week, if that game does get popular from a stacking perspective, would be to go to, which we didn't talk about Tyler Algier earlier, by the way, with Cordell Patterson out. Maybe he gets some popularity in that game with Brady and a couple pass catchers. But if you wanted to use Fournette and Pitts, man, if that comes in low owned, we'll talk more about it on Friday. I can't wait to see how ownership shakes out. But if that's lower owned, you're not only leveraging what could be a popular passing game attack in the Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers side, you are using the running game there with someone who gets usage in, in Fournette. But you're also going to a guy in Pitts who, again, Looks very bad on paper, but the targets are still there. There's still opportunity. He's going to have a big game at some point. I know we always say that, but again, now the price has worked in. He's only 4,400 and he's probably a good pivot off of Goddard and Ertz above him. If he can get after it that way, Higby, we'll talk more about on Friday with that Stafford cup Higby stack, but that's where all I got for you guys for this week for the main slate. Like I said, go in the comments, leave your favorite captain. Keep it to Thursday night football. I'll start that contest up. Follow me on Twitter, at ToeTag and Tambo. If you want more of my work, go to RumPureSports.com. It's all sports, one price. Go to the Rumpier Sports Twitter, my Twitter, whatever. You want to see the heater that we've been on over there. All the members, the coordinators, the experts, everyone over there have been hitting big. And then check us out on this channel, the Mayo Media Network. Of course, subscribe if you haven't already. Hit that like button. Pat and myself will be back on Friday doing the live DraftKings show in studio Check us out there. That's going to do it for this week, guys. Good luck in your Thursday night football contest, and I'll be back. See you guys here at the same place, same time next week. Good luck.